We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Day More NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Coming at you Tuesday night after game two here in Memphis. Final score, Wolves 96, Grizzlies 124. And we leave this game with a very different tone than I think we did after game one. This game broke the way most Wolves losses during the regular season broke. Cat was in foul trouble early on. Anthony Edwards was struggling to find in offensive rhythm, D'Angelo Russell wasn't hitting shots, and they were getting beat up on the glass as a team. I mean, that's Memphis's blueprint to win games in this series. You know, duplicate that four times and they'll win. The potential catch there, though, if you're a Grizzlies fan, is that it's probably pretty unlikely that all three of the Wolves' big three simultaneously have that type of letdown in another game and that the others simultaneously won't do their job on the glass and on the margins. I mean, yes, it's possible that Cat gets in foul trouble in another game or that Ant struggles with the shot selection again or that D'Lo fails to get it going, that they get pounded on the glass. But all of those things simultaneously, I doubt that happens in another game in this series. I mean, in game one, both Cat and Ant delivered and everyone else took care of the glass. Like, yes, D'Lo didn't play great in that game, but we learned that if the Wolves have the majority of their engines firing, that Memphis doesn't have a ton for them. So I think the question here for the Wolves is how likely is it that they're able to get the majority of the engines firing again, right? Like, how many of the Wolves' stallouts in this game were a product of something Memphis did versus how much was just the Wolves not delivering what they should reasonably be expected to do. I think that's the question here tonight, and that's that's what we're going to dig into on this episode. If you're new to the show here for the playoffs, that's what we do here with these post-game episodes. Just try and diagnose what worked, what didn't, and then plug in some audio from the post-game press conference with Chris Finch and the players who spoke after the game to sort of help us answer those questions. And where we'll start with that tonight is on is on Cat's foul trouble. Towns picked up two fouls in this one in the first two minutes, both on John Morant, coming off of screens, barreling down at Cat. Unfortunate, but at least somewhat understandable given how frequently you know, Jaw tries to attack in the pick and roll. The real killer with Cat's foul trouble was the third foul 
that Cat committed early in the second quarter that sent him to the bench for the rest of the half. Here's Finch bringing that foul up specifically when asked about Townsend's foul trouble in tonight's game. Carl got in foul trouble again. Is that yeah. just a, a killer for you guys? When, when I mean, sure. Out? You know, you got to have your best players on the floor, um, you know, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, you know, the offensive foul um, on the, on the three is just, you know, it's on, it's on, it's, it's unnecessary at that point in time. So really, really, uh, really put us in a tough spot, but you know, that offensive foul on the three was another one of those leg kicking out offensive fouls for Cat, an issue that's been prevalent throughout the season. It happened again. The Wolves were only down by eight at that point. But then once Cat had to sub out of the game, they were only able to score eight more points for the whole rest of that quarter. And in hindsight, that stretch of time is, is where this game began to unravel in a way that the Wolves couldn't ever really reel it back in. Towns, when he was asked about that play, he was a bit confused about the call after the game. He talked about how big his feet are and how it makes it natural for him, for his foot or leg to come into contact with someone closing out to him. And I mean, when the question was followed up on, you know, Cat explained that's how he shoots and why he won't let just change how he shoots. Um, but it was it, it was another situation where where Cat and what he is internalizing is happening was not what the refs were internalizing was happening. Here's Cat after the game on his foul trouble in this game, specifically that third leg kick out on the on the three-point shot. Probably talk about having big feet on those kickouts, but it does seem like the leg does go out a ways. So how do you eliminate that from your game? I mean, if anyone's seen the three-point contest, I'm pretty spread out with my feet when I shoot threes for makes. So, I mean, I was, it was a pretty, I, I don't remember exactly. I know it was a pretty far three. It wasn't like a regular three. It was like a step or two off. So I'm going to, for a person who doesn't jump, I'm going to jump a little bit because I got to get it there. So I don't know. I, I want a three point contest shooting like that. I'm not going to change my shot because of things like that. That's going to, that, that goes back to exactly what I said earlier in the day. we got to play Timberwolves basketball just because something goes wrong. We don't win a game. I don't remember the last thing that went 16 in a row. So we shouldn't be too worried. You know, this is a series. There's a reason why it's a series, you know, um, I'm going to keep, I just, I want to keep playing my game. I want us to keep playing Timberwolves basketball through all the adversity, through everything. What makes the Spurs so special with Tim Duncan, all of them, obviously they had talent, obviously they had coaching, but they have a great sense of discipline. I've been fortunate enough to play in my rookie year and I've seen it with my own eyes. Don't matter if the game's down by 20 or they're up by 20, they're playing the same way. Spurs basketball, movement, playground. They call one play, they called it playground and they just kept moving the ball and cutting and making things happen. So I don't want us to get too riled up where we feel like we got to switch everything. And now, you know, we're kind of not playing Timberwolves basketball. We're trying to play like the counter to Memphis Grizzlies basketball. Um, They got to beat us in a game of seven playing our game. And that's going to be how it's going to be. From there on, it did feel like it was the Wolves countering Memphis and just kind of adjusting a bit too late. Memphis got their adjustments in early. The most distinguishable adjustment was Steven Adams only playing three total minutes in this game. You know, after Cap really stuck it to Adams in game one, Adams only played the first three minutes of tonight's game and then never came back in. It was Taylor Jenkins, Memphis's coaches. It was his adjustment to play smaller against the Wolves, and that adjustment was... That adjustment was empowered by Cat's foul trouble because when Cat picks up a couple foul fouls early in the game, he becomes, you know, less of a deterrent at the rim defensively. Naturally, he becomes concerned that aggression defensively at the rim could lead to additional fouls. And on offense, when he's in foul trouble, 
you know, Cap becomes more tepid about driving. You know, he has sort of a fear of picking up a charge in that way, which is actually how Cap picked up his fourth foul early on in the third quarter. And when Cap decides necessarily to just stay in the game to be that type of player, he becomes less forceful, which allows Memphis to not need to play as big. And the Grizzlies survived just fine against Cat without Adams because they did feel safe playing guys like Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, and Xavier Tillman on him. Tillman and Clark became the primary matchups on Cat once Adams was out of the game. And they also did the Nicholas Batum Clippers thing where they put Anderson on Cat and brought doubles. But again, what's the theme here? Remember, like the question is not whether or not the strategy worked in this game. It did work. It's whether or not this is a long-term solution. And I'm not sure this is a long-term solution for the Grizzlies. You know, in my opinion, they are not as good at executing the guarding cat with Smalls as the Clippers are. I only think this is Memphis's current best strategy. I don't think it's necessarily a solution for the whole Wolves offense. I mean, we'll find that out in game three. It does look like it will be Kyle Anderson who gets more work in the front court in place of Adams. Anderson started the second half in place of Adams, and Jenkins seemed to be comfortable with that, you know, mixing up looks as time went on with different combinations of front courts, you know, to sort of show Cat different looks. And if this is a permanent adjustment by Memphis going away from Adams, you know, it will be about how the Wolves are able to counter that smaller ball adjustment by them. And I think... I think the counter for the Wolves there is pretty simple. They just got to move the ball more. Not not just the ball, but their bodies, too. The offense was extremely stagnant. Both Finch and Towns, they, they referred to the offense tonight as sticky. You know, Towns and Edwards down the line, they just need to be more decisive. Beat the doubles on Cat with decisive ball movement. Beat loading up on Ant by decisively penetrating and kicking. Again, like I don't think... Memphis has necessarily found a solution here. I think the ball is in the Wolves' court to answer the question. And we saw in game one that they can move the ball better against this Memphis team than they did tonight. Post-game Finch said those opportunities were there all night in game two as well. So if they are loading up on Ant in that sort of way, how would you like to see Ant individually in your group counter that? Yeah, just, I mean, just get off of it earlier. You know, they're going to put two on you. It doesn't matter if it's pick and roll or in a gap. You know, then you've done your job. Just move it on to the next guy. I thought those opportunities were there all night long. So just sort of decisiveness. Is- yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's got to learn that every game is going to be different. You know, you're not going to come out and play the same game every time. That's that's part of the that's part of the learning curve here. So, um, yeah, this game was unfortunately a part of the learning curve for Ant, as Finch said. There, as consistently excellent as he was in the play-in game, and in game one tonight. He was probably the biggest violator of effective ball movement, which led to, you know, really poor shot selection on his part. You know, Edwards was the Wolves' leading scorer with 20, but his performance was more, it was more disjointed than even his 7 for 16 shooting line suggests. I mean, you'll hear Ant here describe Memphis loading up on him, which they definitely did in this game. And what he means by that, for example, is when, you know, he has the ball above the break on the right side. The guy guarding, you know, say Pat Bev or whoever in the left corner, well, they're coming all the way over to the right side of the floor to show another body in between Ant and the rim. That loading up on Ant makes it so he has to do sort of one of those loping Euro steps around that help defender and and finish at the rim more moving laterally than with that 
force he has to go and finish directly through the rim. Here's Ant after the game on how Memphis guarded him and what he was upset about in his individual performance tonight. Ant, you talked about kind of in the middle of the season when teams started doubling you, loading up on you a little bit more, and you had to kind of adjust to that. Was this similar to that in, in, in ways? And does that prepare you to be able to handle that going forward? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think tonight I was just – I took a lot of bad shots. But, I mean, they was loading up. I, I had a lot of opportunities to get off the ball, and I did not pulled it when I should have got off of it. But, I mean, I learned from tonight. So, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm perfectly fine with what happened tonight. Anthony, for you guys, did, did the Grizzlies catch you off guard at all? Because, obviously, the first two games of the regular season were close. Last game, you guys got them – from ahead was you say you what what i said the first two games of the regular season were close left left for game one you guys got them game two did you guys get caught off guard by their their energy at all or how they kind of swarmed you in the second quarter i just think they just got a lot of second chance points man like rebounds kickouts um you know it happens i don't think they did anything special to answer the question no not at all Uh, just for Ant, uh, you were shaking your head looking at the box score there. What were you looking at? Uh, my turnovers. I had five turnovers. That won't happen again. <laughs> just that simple. I had five turnovers. Why just do you losing the damn ball, dribbling it. Just yeah, That won't happen again. Again, the question here is whether or not Memphis has solved something about the Wolves. And I think Ant... With Ant, it's not fair to say this is solved. You know, there are ways the Wolves can counteract this. There are ways that Ant can counteract it. You know, if that's what they're, if that's how they're going to load up on him, you know, penetrate and kick should be there all day. And if the Wolves can afford to surround him with four shooters, this Memphis strategy can definitely be exploited. You know, from a coaching standpoint, that's what I think we'll see Finch prioritize. He only played Jared Vanderbilt for nine minutes in this game. And after the game, Finch said that was about you know, making Memphis need to guard all five Wolves players on the floor. And I think we'll see a lot more of Beasley, McDaniels, and Prince out there surrounding the big three. You know, the ability of those three, along with Pat Bev, to knock down open threes will force Memphis to make a decision between loading up on Cat and Ant and leaving shooters wide open. The Wolves should have the shooters to be able to punish that. I'm not sure if we'll necessarily see a lineup starting lineup change with Vanderbilt in game three or not, but I would, I would be willing to bet that we see all three of Beasley McDaniels and Prince play more minutes than Vanderbilt does on Thursday. And probably, probably for the rest of the series. All right, let's mix in a quick break here. Come back with some other areas. The wolves were exploited tonight and ask whether or not those are sustainable adjustments for the Grizzlies or not. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we are back discussing the Wolves' 28-point loss to the Grizzlies in Game 2. We've hit on what Memphis did against Cat in foul trouble and how they forced Ant into far tougher shots in this one than Game 1. But those were not the only issues for the Wolves in this game. Outside of Cat and Ant, you know, Memphis dominated the glass. They were the number one offensive rebounding team in the league this season by a wide margin. And they really looked like it in Game 2. After only having eight total offensive rebounds in Game 1, the Grizzlies had nine offensive rebounds by halftime in this one and 14 by the end of the game. And I think this is a more concerning area for the Wolves. Like that part of surviving Memphis, I think, will be more trying than getting Ant and Cat back on track. And I think, I think that part is concerning in part because the Grizzlies dominated the glass in this game even when Adams wasn't playing. I mean, if there was any case to play Adams in this game, it was his is offensive rebounding ability. The The Grizzlies have offensive rebounded 36.1% of their own missed shots during the regular season when Adams was on the floor. I mean, that's an insane number. That dropped to 28% when Adams was off the floor during the regular season. But at the same time, Memphis can kind of afford that given how poor of a defensive rebounding team the Wolves are because the Grizzlies didn't even need Adams in this game to dominate the glass. That's a bit concerning. The glass wasn't a problem in game one, in large part due to the fact that Memphis's offensive flow was so dictated right by Morant trying to split pick and rolls and get downhill. You know, even though Morant had 32 points and 20 free throws in game one, the Wolves benefited from that in ways because it was predictable. But today, when Morant diversified the ways he was getting the offense going, you know, Memphis just moved the ball a lot better. And that led to, you know, scrambling on the Wolves' part, which, you know, leads to being in worse rebounding position. Ball containment forcing Ja into a specific action or direction, that leads to predictability. You know, that's valuable for the Wolves. They need that ball containment from Patrick Beverly. This was not a good Pat Bev game. But again, you know, should that be the expectation for game three? I don't think so. Beverly can be better there, and the Wolves as a whole can be more disciplined defensively. Now, I don't know if that will solve the rebounding problems, but I do think it will help contain the glass. The biggest open question for the Wolves, though, in my opinion, is not what Cat or Ant will do or what they'll be able to do rebounding. And I think the biggest question is D'Angelo Russell. You know, Russell shot one for four from two-point range in this game and two for seven from deep. That brings Russell to two of 12 shooting from two in the series and three for 10 from deep. They obviously need more from D'Angelo Russell. 
with D'Lo, I think he's five for 22 or something like that in the first two games. He, yeah. he, he mentioned earlier today that they've been heavily denying him the ball. Has it been hard for him to, to get going just to even get the ball at, at times, do you think? Um, you know, I got I to gotta look at it tonight. I thought, you know, I thought he had some good looks that he, he, mm-hmm. he didn't let fly or, uh, you know, in, on the catch or he's, he's going to have to play off the catch a little bit more, um, you know. And hey, you know they're going to get into you. They're going to make it uncomfortable. What, no matter whether they deny you or get it and pressure you, uh, you know we got to find a way to get them some some easy looks. You know? Now I do think we'll get at least one big D'Lo game at some point in this series. But why well, I think that might be more of an open question to come to fruition is due to Memphis's physicality. They that getting into you. Finch is talking about this might just be a bad series for D'Lo, just like it's a bad series matchup for Stephen Adams. Now, the difference, though, with Russell versus Adams is that Memphis can go to other bigs in their front court. The Wolves, the Wolves don't really have that option with D'Lo in the backcourt. He's gonna, he's gonna play in this series by hell or high water, you know. So he has, he has to solve that physicality issue and get his. But we know he's capable of it. I just think of the Wolves' main issues right now that we tally up through Game One and Game Two. I think the D'Lo one is the most open question. It's a tough matchup for him on both sides of the ball. They're going to play him physical. And then on defense, he's matched up on Desmond Bain. You know, D'Lo, that's a that's a difficult physical matchup on the other side of the ball as well. I think a huge first quarter from D'Lo in Game 3 would be a very good sign, not just for Game 3, but for the rest of this series. And then one other piece we have to bring up is Nas Reed. You know, Reed only played five minutes in Game 1. But as we said on that pod after the game, even those five minutes kind of sent up a flare that the Wolves might really struggle in this series in the minutes that Cat is on the bench. And tonight, that flare kind of became a flame with Cat in foul trouble. And we we can be almost certain that there will be at least one more Cat foul trouble game in this series. Tonight, Reed played 20 minutes. He had 12 points and seven boards, but it wasn't even that good. According to Finch, those minutes were prop more problematic than that stat line really suggested. Here's Finch when I asked him about Nas after the game. Chris, obviously uh Nas's minutes are are up due to due Carl's foul trouble, but what yeah. did you see from him in an extended run tonight? He's got to be better, man. Just hasn't been very good in these two games, but he's got to rebound for us better. Um makes a lot of like little mistakes and little little turnovers and little little plays that are that are a little bit too def- too deflating and just he's got to be a little bit better for us right now. We really need him. They do really need him. With Vanderbilt already sort of being played off the floor at power forward, he's less of an option to take those backup center minutes. I mean, Finch understandably doesn't want to go even smaller against Memphis given the rebounding concerns that already exist when the Wolves are out there big. And I'm sure some people will be calling for Greg Monroe to get those minutes, but you know, with Steven Adams no longer playing and with how often Memphis puts the big and pick and roll action with Ja, you know, Monroe in this series is he's probably an even worse option. I'd be surprised if Finch breaks that glass. They might just really need Nas to be better. And if he can't be better, well, then that's all the more reason it's critical for Cat to not get in foul trouble these next four games, five games. All right, let's wrap this one up with prize picks. I made six over-under picks tonight. Got three of them correct. I got two easy ones sort of predicting that Adams and Vanderbilt wouldn't play much. Adams over-under for points and rebounds and assists was 17.5, and and Vanderbilt's was 13.5. Neither of them got even close, so we got those two. I also took the over on 2.5 rebounds from Malik Beasley. 
and the over on six rebounds for Brandon Clark. Beasley got his, but Clark was not as big of a factor in this game, only grabbing three rebounds. So one and one on those two picks. And then with Cat, expected a bigger game. I took the over on 33 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists. Cat only finished with 15 points, 11 rebounds and one assist tonight due to the foul trouble. So we missed that one. And I also went with the over on 12 and a half points plus rebounds plus assists for Jade McDaniels. He finished with just two points, one rebound and zero assists. So overall, three and three on those picks in this game. I'll be doing these picks throughout the playoffs. And if you'd like to join in prize picks, we'll give you a $100 sign up bonus. If you create an account using the promo code Dane, when you create an account, I actually think these are a little bit more fun in the playoffs. The odd makers, they sort of try to predict a little bit more of the game flow in the playoffs rather than just sort of setting the lines based on season averages. So if you feel like you got a good feel for this series or any of the other playoff series, join in at prizepicks.com or on the prize picks app. That's all I got for you tonight. We're back at it Thursday night in Minneapolis for game three. I think even with the loss here in game two, the Wolves and their fans have to feel pretty good about coming home to what I'm sure will be crazy crowds this weekend. I mean, Target Center Thursday and Saturday, like, I think it's going to be tuned up in there. And I think I think the Wolves need that. You know, do we do we feel as good about the Wolves in this series as we did 24 hours ago? No, probably not. But should we feel like Memphis broke the Wolves tonight? The scoreboard might suggest it, but I, I, I really don't. I really don't think so. I still think this is a good matchup for the Wolves. Game three is huge, and I can't wait. I'll be back to talk to you after that one. Until then, I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stops, yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.